0: This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co host, Ethan Hamilton. And tonight we are previewing week four of the NFL Slate 2021. But first, a few housekeeping notes. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please send us a note there. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at DYDownload2020, and you can find every episode of the show on dynasty-download.captivate.fm. Finally, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. All right, let's get right into week four. We are recording this before Thursday Night Football, so we will let you know on our recap episode early to start next week what we thought of this Jacksonville-Bengals game. And despite everybody's protestations, this actually isn't that bad of a Thursday Night Football game. I mean, we thought the Washington football team and the Giants game was going to be bad, and that actually turned out well. I think these are about even quality teams, and we're going to have a lot of offense, if you ask me. Just my thoughts. So fantasy points galore. I think we've got a lot of things to look forward to, but what are you necessarily looking forward to outside of maybe tonight's game?
1: Outside of tonight's game. um, I just think there's a lot of good matchups. A lot of games of the week, potentially. I I just think it's a really good week of football.
0: I think it's one of the best division matchups already. We haven't had a lot of great division games so far in the first three weeks, but this week, we're getting the NFC West playing each other. Seattle's going to San Francisco. You're getting Arizona going over to St. Louis. And then our Monday night game with St. Louis, the Los Angeles Rams. My bad. Anyway, it, we still I didn't even shit. notice it. I didn't even notice it. I caught myself. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders going to the Los Angeles Chargers as well. And I really have to be careful on that one. But you you got some good defensive-minded teams, and you have a good mix of offenses. Tom Brady going back to uh, Foxborough this weekend, I think that's drawing the biggest headline. But I don't know if anybody really thinks that's going to be a greatly competitive game with the way that New England's been playing the last couple of weeks. So it just presents a lot of different matchups. I'm hoping we have some good exciting games in the noon games because that's been what's really lacking so far. I actually think something like bears lions could be a very interesting game early on for fantasy points. So let's get to the news quickly. T Higgins is out again tonight. You will already know that by the time that this is uh, airing tomorrow morning, but, uh, Dalvin cook, Elijah Mitchell, Nuke Hopkins and Darrell Henderson are all starting to practice, at least on a limited basis. I think Dalvin returned to full practice this week. Antonio Brown was activated from the COVID list. He should be practicing tomorrow, Friday, when you're listening to this, hopefully. Uh, Gerald Everett, however, is now placed on the COVID list. We also had an update on Christian McCaffrey this week. The Panthers declined to put him on injured reserve, which means they're hopeful that he will be back in the next three weeks. Obviously, he won't be available this weekend against Dallas, but we assume that in the next couple of weeks after that, maybe even as soon as next week, he might be available. I'm not so sure, but we'll see. And his risk of re-injury on something as soft tissue, like a hamstring that he has, I guess is about 11%. I hope they don't rush him too much and then make it a longer-term injury, but obviously for anybody with Christian McCaffrey, that's a good sign. Julio Jones, Sterling Shepard, AJ Brown, and Juju Smith Schuster all missed practice this week. Although I think at least Julio Jones and Juju Smith Schuster are expected to play at some point this weekend. Uh, Tyler Lockett was limited with a hip injury. Aaron Jones was limited with an ankle injury. And late today, Keenan Allen was also limited with an ankle injury in practice. Out of any of these, what is your most promising and then your most disappointing? Uh, injury update going into the weekend?
1: I mean, Keenan Allen, you always kind of feel like he's always playing a little bit hurt, right? Um, So I don't really think that's anything you should worry about. Um, Aaron Jones, he's kind of a warrior as well. Um, With Julio, I think you should be concerned because this this is another year of hamstring issues for Julio Jones. I don't know you know, if uh, Christian McCaffrey not going on the injured reserve is as big of a win as we think it is, because he didn't go on it last year as well, and he was out for a majority of the year. So, I mean, only time will tell, but there's a lot of big names on the injury report again this, this week.
0: The T. Higgins one really bothers me because the Bengals kind of held guys uh, off of their injury list and played everything close to the best, like Joe Mixon last year. He just was never on injured reserve, but he just ended up missing like two thirds of the season where it was on a week to week. Oh, he might be back this week. Nope, not really. And it just never quite got better. I think if you're going to talk about anything that's promising, it's all the guys that may get back on the field this week. Delvin seems like he's going to be good to go. Uh, Nuke played last weekend. So you would expect that he's going to be available and playing. Darrell Henderson against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are not a great rushing defense, so maybe he'll have a decent matchup. But I think that if you had Sony Michelle to handcuff Darrell Henderson, you're probably in a good place. That's not terrible. Elijah Mitchell is kind of one of the weird outliers because of his shoulder slash stinger injury missing last week's game. You know, I, I'm not sure about that one. And Antonio Brown also, I think he's going to want some of this revenge. I mean, a lot of the narrative for the Tampa Bay New England game has been Tom Brady, it's been Gronkowski, but don't forget Antonio Brown got cut after a week uh, and then insulted Robert Kraft. I think he's going to have every motivation to try and stick it to the Patriots as well. It just like he needs any more revenge narrative going into this game, but. Given that uh, the Patriots only have maybe two cornerbacks on their team, they're just not going to be able to cover everybody. I think he might be in for a good week if he comes back full strength. All right, then let's go to our games of the week. Mine is Raiders at Chargers. I just think that these are both two high-flying, pass-oriented offenses that don't mind running, but there's going to be fantasy points galore in this game. Looking at the Chargers Chiefs from last weekend or any of the Raiders games so far, these are usually high-scoring affairs. It's going to be on Monday night. It's going to be in primetime. I think there are a lot of guys that you're probably going to be counting on for a Monday night miracle that could be putting in a lot of extra points. Give me the uh, Chargers at home minus three in that game. What is your game of the week?
1: My game of the week is going to be Arizona and the Los Angeles Rams. Both undefeated teams, Um, so both those teams looking to continue their winning ways. I'm also trying to see if Arizona is the real deal. Um, We saw that the Rams were kind of the real deal, that they are a Super Bowl contending team with the way they played last week against the Buccaneers. I'm trying to see if the Arizona Cardinals are the real deal and if they continue this success. If they put up a good fight against the Rams, I think they could be one of those teams that they're there at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, the fact that Tampa Bay threw for over 430 yards last week and really wasn't in the game with the Rams at the L.A. Stadium really, to me, was telling of how good the Rams offense has gotten this year. So it'll be interesting to see if that turns into a track meet between two high-flying offenses so far early in the season. And it is somewhat of a measuring stick game when it comes to that division early on. My upset of the week, I'm going to take the Lions over the Bears. I know the Bears are at home, but they're only getting the home advantage spread. I think this if this was in Detroit, then it would be minus three Lions. So to me, that says they think these are going to be even teams. We have no indication who the quarterback's going to be. If it's going to be Nick Foles, if it's going to be Justin Fields, if it's going to be uh, Andy Dalton, I doubt that it'll be Andy Dalton. So now you're taking a 50-50 shot on Nick Foles, who had a terrible year last year and got benched for Mitchell Trubisky or Justin Fields, who looked awful last week, still behind a terrible offensive line. And the Lions have been in games. Like, they were leading the Packers two weeks ago at halftime. They had a chance to beat the Ravens. They came back against the 49ers. Like, they're not a terrible team if they can move up and down the field. And I think they can against the Bears, where their pass defense, their run defense, hasn't been what we have expected over of the Bears the last few years. Give me the Lions plus three over the Bears on the road. What is your upset potential of the week?
1: I'm going back to the same game I talked about earlier. The Arizona Cardinals against the LA Rams. Um, I am taking the Cardinals plus four against the Rams. It's going to be a high scoring game. The over under is 55, which is the highest scoring game of the week. And in a high scoring game right now, I'm taking Kyler Murray. What he can do with his arm and what he can do with his legs. um, That is something that is a game changer. And I am going to take him in this game.
0: I think he's the more electric quarterback in this matchup, but I think the bigger issue to me is always going to be Sean McVay over Cliff Kingsbury. And I've said that many times on this show. Uh, Let's go to start sit. I have a few position groups this week because I think that's really how we're going to clear up a lot of these. And there's a lot of questions when it comes to certain positions on certain teams. So let's start with the Buffalo Bills in their running back room. Start sit Devin Singletary and or Zach
1: Moss. So uh, they are playing against, I'm sorry. I lost my notes. They're playing against they're playing against the Texans. Yeah. They're a 16 and a half
0: point favorite.
1: The Texans give up the 10th most um, points to running back so far this year. Um, So I am going to go with, yeah, you start one of these guys now who in between the two, who do you start? I'm going Zach Moss. I think he's kind of, taking control of that backfield a little bit he's been a little bit more productive so I'm going to take Zach Moss start him.
0: I was a little concerned after the healthy scratch in week one and the fact that last year it seemed that Singletary was the passing down back but given the way that Zach Moss has played over the last two weeks that he was the goal line back at least twice against the Dolphins and then he also caught a touchdown last week I would probably agree that Zach Moss is the more likely play, especially because we've had a lot of running back injuries so far, and you don't know what you're going to need in order to play on a particular week. I would probably go with Zach Moss. I'd stay away from Devin Singletary, uh, but there are probably better options if you have them. It just depends. Like if you have, to, if you're deciding this for your flex position. I might stay away from it in favor of starting maybe one of the Bills wide receivers, to be honest. Uh, Let's go to Trey Sermon and Eli Mitchell. Start, set.
1: Trey Sermon and Eli Mitchell. Between the two of them. Uh, For me, I'm really on the the Trey Sermon. I'm just not there on Eli Mitchell yet. I I just can't pull the trigger. I just need to see more. Sorry, I lost where I am again. Who are they playing this week? They're at home against Seattle. Seattle gives up the most points so far to... Um, to be fair, they were the ones that gave up that huge Derrick
0: Henry game in week two. And they, they also did. gave up a lot of yards to Alexander Madison last weekend.
1: So They did. Um, I also think the 49er uh, defense comes back with a little bit more emotion. So I am going to go with uh, Trey Sermon. And I do like the matchup, though.
0: I think if he's healthy, go with Eli Mitchell, but given that Trey Sermon was not trusted in pass pro at all last week, and they gave some carries and a lot of catches and targets to Kyle Juszczyk, I think Sermon's unplayable, at least until we've seen it. If Mitchell's healthy, I say start him. If it's even a question mark yet, like he hasn't been cleared up until game time, don't even bother. Jamal Williams against the Bears.
1: Jamal Williams against the Bears. Uh, The Bears have been uh, middle of the road against running backs so far this year. I think the person that you want in that backfield is DeAndre Swift. Um, Jamal Williams, depending on, but he's really only going to be a flex option for me.
0: Agreed, but I think he has flex potential this weekend because I think that they're going to need their running backs against the Bears. I don't think that the Bears cornerbacks are particularly very good, but the Lions wide receivers still outside of maybe the one flashing we got out of Quintus Cephas have just not been great so far. I think this is a TJ Hawkinson, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift game. It's going to be low scoring. And I would guess that there are going to be a lot of dump off passes. Agreed that I really love DeAndre Swift right now because of the amount of targets and usage that he's getting in that backfield. But I don't think that, Jamal Williams is going to be completely ignored. It's just going to probably be two to one swift carries. But if the one or the 33% that Williams is getting is still enough work and production as it has been over the last couple of weeks, I don't put him at the Kareem hunt level where he could be even elite as a backup running back, or maybe even Tony Pollard, but he's about right there. He's one of those guys that could be productive, even in a flex position despite not being the primary back in that offense. Because right now, after Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, I don't know if there's another guy in that offense that I'd rather start than Jamal Williams. I
1: just think that's a lot of wishful thinking. He's just not there for me right now consistently enough where i can plug him into my lineup and feel good about it maybe yeah it might be a decently matchup um game but you know how these um division games go especially bears and lions you're right it's never high scoring it's always grinded out and i just don't think that he's going to accumulate that amount of yeah you're gonna have to depend on him to get a touchdown or two i guess is what i'm saying
0: and he has it at least two of the three games so far. And he does get goal line work. I think they look at both of those guys as interchangeable. Uh, Sony, Michelle and Darrell Henderson against Arizona.
1: It's going to be a very high scoring game. Right. Um, so I think out of the two of them, um, depending on how healthy Henderson is, like, I guess that's where I at with it. So, I'm going to go with Sony Michelle just because I know he's the healthier of the two. I think they're going to get a, little, a decent amount of work out of the backfield with um, short passes as well. That being said, the Cardinals have been middle of the road against running backs so far this year. I know it's still early, but I would say out of the two of them, I'm taking Sony Michelle.
0: The Rams like to throw the football a lot. And despite the fact that Henderson got, I think, 15 points in both of the first two games, Michelle didn't have a great week, but again, he was going against the tough Tampa run defense, but he did have a few catches out of the backfield. I do think that this might become a time split. And if that's the case, because Henderson's not fully back, he's not getting the majority of carries or targets that I would actually stay away from this. I know it's going to be enticing, but unless you know who the clear number one guy is going to be, it may not end up being a good enough timeshare for them to be productive enough to be in your lineup. And that's, unfortunate. Uh, Amari Cooper against the Carolina Panthers.
1: You know, Amari Cooper had that really huge game, you know, week one, and then it's kind of been middle of the road, even with Michael Gallup out. That being said, the Panthers have been pretty decent against wide receivers so far this year, giving up only the six-fewest amount of points to them. I do think that this is going to be a decently high-scoring game, so with that being said, I, I feel like Amari Cooper is always one of those guys that you have to at least consider to be putting into your lineup each and every week.
0: I would guess so too. I really only put him on this list because he's had two down weeks. He had or popped up on the injury report last week with that rib injury. He did play Monday night, but they really were not focusing on getting the ball to CD Lamb and Amari Cooper in that game against the Eagles. They got the ball a lot to Dalton Schultz. They got the ball out of their hand to their running backs a lot out of the backfield in order to beat the Eagles and really move the football. This is a game I actually think that could be productive for both C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper with J.C. Horn going out for I think the rest of the year now, or at least a significant amount of time last week, and then just trading for a new cornerback. You don't know what that secondary is going to be for them right away. Yes, part of their defense has been predicated on, Good pass defense, but a lot of that comes from their front seven. So I think if you can make quick short passes, maybe that's a little bit better to C.D. Lamb, who can get out in space and make moves after the catch. But still, Amari Cooper is the more technical and better route runner, at least at this point in his career, than Lamb is. And Michael Gallup's not there to vulture uh, targets away. I do think that they're going to have to score to keep up with the Panthers because their offense has been humming, even without Christian McCaffrey. So this might be kind of a sneaky game. I would start Cooper, too, if you can pretty much uh, be comfortable that he's healthy enough to play and be effective. Michael Pittman against the Dolphins.
1: The Dolphins have been middle of the road against wide receivers so far this year as well, Uh, 15th fewest uh, amongst uh, all the teams so far in the league. Michael Pittman, we feel like he's the clear-cut number one, right? But it's the health of the Colts. Still looking for their first win. They're going to be a desperate team. The Dolphins aren't doing much better than that. Only have one win on the season. Down in Miami, I think it's going to be a very, very close game. The weather's going to be perfect for it. So if this is a game for Michael Pittman, this is a one. But I don't know. I, I just don't trust that Colts offense right now enough to say for sure that this is a week for sure that I would start Michael Pittman.
0: I love the target share. I love that he's been involved in what they're doing, but with the health of Carson Wentz in question and the fact that their offensive line, I don't even know if Quentin Nelson is healthy. He got carted off last week. So if they're missing offensive line against what is normally a solid defense, even if they haven't performed up to their standards so far this season, I, I would say it's probably a sit for me. Naheem Hines, also in the same game against the
1: Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins' run defense so far this year has been pretty awful, Uh, second most amongst all the teams in the league. Hines has scored more points so far than Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor has had the most um, red zone opportunities and has scored zero amount of times. I think Hines is a better receiver out of the backfield, so, yeah, I would start Hines this game.
0: I actually think this is going to be a really good Jonathan Taylor game that they're going to try and really establish him because the way to beat the Dolphins has been on the ground. That means that Heinz might be valuable, especially since I guess the rumor is that uh, Marlon Mack is working with the Colts at this point to work out a trade of some variety to go to a running back needy team since he isn't getting a lot of playing time with the Colts at the moment, but I think that they're going to have to establish it. And it will mean that there is going to be a lot of opportunities for Naheem Hines in this game. I would also say start, but probably only in my flex position. Robbie Anderson and Terrence Marshall against the Cowboys.
1: The Cowboys' pass defense is still as awful as it has always been, uh, giving up the eighth most points to wide receivers this year. That being said, the number one wide receiver in Carolina is DJ Moore. So right now we're talking about the number two wide receiver. And if he can be, we're basically talking about a flex option right now, right? Um, Mm, Terrence Marshall. Yeah, I mean, Terrence Marshall, he is yet to have his breakout game. So maybe this is the one. So I'm going to take a flyer on Terrence Marshall. He's the one I would start between the two.
0: Trayvon Diggs had a really great game on Monday night and was all over the field against the Eagles, really held down the Eagles passing attack for the most part. You really have to establish the run against Dallas in order to set up the rest of the pass. But if he ends up shadowing shadowing anyone, I'm going to guess it's going to be DJ Moore. So this might be the get right game for Robbie Anderson for me. It might be a, a good game for Terrence Marshall. I actually think starting Robbie Anderson may not be a terrible idea this week. I'm not sure I'm comfortable starting Terrence Marshall yet until I've seen it because he's a rookie, but give me Robbie Anderson in this one. I think it might be a sneaky DFS play. Uh, any Giants wide receiver this weekend against New Orleans?
1: New Orleans middle of the road against wide receivers. I think the number one wide receiver in that um, on that team is Sterling Shepard. So out of all of them, he's the one that I'm picking, but I don't feel great about it.
0: Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, and Ingram were all hurt with questionable designations going into the weekend. Kadarius Toney was just coming back last week. They made all these grand plans and said before that game that they were going to throw the ball to him a lot, and they didn't. Realistically, this is a run-first offense that I think a lot of things are going to start running through Saquon Barkley. I don't start any Giants wide receiver until they've had a good game, and I know this is a middling fantasy matchup, but I just, I still don't like it with the way that uh, New Orleans could probably pressure Daniel Jones.
1: I guess I misunderstood your question. If I knew I could take nobody, I would have taken nobody in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually the way you go. <laughs> Kirk Cousins at home against Cleveland. I think uh, they are going to be, the Vikings, I think they're going to be swimming upstream all game long, uh, even at home. Uh, So I do think Kirk Cousins could have a pretty decent game. You know, he has been one of the more consistent fantasy quarterbacks so far this year, but he's been flying under the radar. So if you got him and you don't have one of the top tier quarterbacks, I'd for sure feel pretty safe starting Kirk Cousins because I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to throw the ball this weekend.
0: Yeah, I think you can definitely throw the football on Cleveland. We haven't seen it quite yet because of the opponents that they've played except for that Kansas City game early on. But there are advantages to take uh, against that defense if you can make sure that you're blocking up front. And while the Minnesota offensive line isn't great, I think they're going to be able to run the football enough that offense has been near elite in scoring points so far. Give me Kirk Cousins in starting, again, if you don't have a better option. Like, if you have Josh Allen, you're not starting Kirk Cousins. But, yeah, that's a definite start for me. Derek Carr on Monday night against the Chargers.
1: Derek Carr has been one of the hottest quarterbacks so far this year. Um, He is playing against the Chargers, who have been very, very good against quarterbacks so far this year, though, um, giving up the six fewest points. But I'm riding the hot hand, so I would go yes, absolutely. You go Derek Carr, especially Monday night against the Chargers.
0: I would sound like a parrot if I said anything else. So agreed,
1: let's move forward.
0: Let's go to Sam Darnold against the Cowboys.
1: Is Sam Darnold good now? You know what I mean? Well, he got <laughs> you, away from Adam Gates. You get out of New York, and all of a sudden your career is just brighter. You, you um, leave I'm,
0: Adam Gates. It's the Brian <laughs> Tannehills, it's the you know Robbie Andersons of the world. These guys all of a sudden become decent, valuable options when they're away from a guy who clearly didn't know what he was doing.
1: It's a beautiful thing. I'm very happy for him. Still young, still has a lot of career ahead of him. He's 23. Um, so, yeah, exactly. So good for Sam Darnold. That being said, I said earlier in this segment, the Cowboys are still pretty awful against the pass. Sam Darnold is now good. Um, He has a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. I'm all for Sam Darnold starting this weekend. The Cowboys giving up the 12th most points to quarterbacks.
0: Especially with Christian McCaffrey being out, they're going to rely a lot more on Sam Darnold having to carry them to the win. Give me Sam Darnold as another streamable option at quarterback. If you don't have another better one one of the basic top 10 mainstays Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley against the Texans.
1: Yeah. I thought Emmanuel Sanders career was over. Like how old is this dude? I feel like he's been around forever and ever and ever. And good for He might be as old as Frank Gore. Still, for still being productive and taking the amount of hits, and just he's taken some big hits over his career, too. So, good for him. Um, so out of the two of them, I'm going to go with Emmanuel Sanders because he has really been surprising me so far. Uh, this season, he's made some pretty big plays.
0: I actually think this might be a decent game for both. I think Cole Beasley had a ton of targets last week. We still haven't worked in Stefan Diggs. Beasley has a more defined role, but I think Emmanuel Sanders has to. Perform in a game where Stefan Diggs is not like great. And the Texans defense just is not going to be capable of matching up against all of these guys. I think they're going to give up a ton of points. There's a reason there's a 16 and a half point spread. I say start all of your Bills this weekend, unless it's Devin Singletary. All right. Then, uh, which Pittsburgh wide receivers would you be comfortable starting this weekend against
1: Green uh- Bay? We know Juju is dealing with his injury, Uh, so I'm going to go Chase Claypool. Um, He's the one wide receiver that's different. You know, he's very, very big. The Packer wide receiver or cornerbacks are very, very fast. So I think they can match up decently, any of them, with Deontay Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool, I think he's going to be a mismatch for the rookie Stokes and for the Kevin Kings of the world. Um, So I'm going to go Chase Claypool.
0: If Kevin King plays, I guess he's in the concussion protocol at the moment. So Deontay Johnson, if he plays, I guess that he and Juju are trending towards being able to play, but their health, I don't know. And realistically with the way that Ben Roethlisberger has been playing right now, unless you're just going to get 10 targets in a particular game, I don't know if Pittsburgh is going to be able to move the ball up and down the field. He is dumping the ball off a ton and that's the only way they've been able to move their offense so far. I know Chase Claypool got a ton of targets last week, but his yardage per target was not high, unless there's one guy that's in particular going to do that. I just don't know how this offense is going to move the ball. I'd be kind of skeptical about starting more than one wide receiver, but if I had to, I guess I would go Deontay Johnson if you could say he's healthy. Then let's go to Ryan Tannehill. He is possibly missing both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones this weekend, but going against the Jets.
1: Yeah, he's going against the Jets. I do think that the Titans are most definitely the favorites in this game, but they got Derrick Henry, and they're going to pound the rock with Derrick Henry. With your top two wide receivers especially, um, they're going to pound the rock with Derrick Henry. So um, if you have better options than Ryan Tannehill, this week would be a perfect week to start that option.
0: Absolutely. Agreed 100%. I think this is a run-first game for them. Missing their top two options, I just don't see them – throwing the ball a ton. Once they get up early on the Jets, this is a stay away from me. Noah Fant against the Ravens. Uh,
1: Noah Fant, uh, you would, looking at the numbers, you'd think you have a really great matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. They're giving up the most points so far this year to tight ends, but they've played two of the best tight ends in the game in Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. Uh, Noah Fant, he's still been pretty decently quiet all year long. So I don't know, man. The tight ends, we talk about it all the time. It's up and down. You really, really never know who's going to be in the top 10. So, yeah, he's a big name. So I would say I would start him, but I don't know. It's tough for me. It's always with the tight ends. It's always just kind of flip a coin.
0: I forgot to put it in our news section. We already know that Jerry Judy is going to be out for this game, but KJ Hamler is now out for the season. He tore, I think, his ACL. And so now you have Tim Patrick, you have Cortland Sutton, and you have Noah Fant receiving for that offense. I think Melvin Gordon's even got a slight nick. He, I think he was a questionable on the injury report this week. And the Ravens have given up a lot of points because they send a lot of pressure. So somebody's going to have to catch passes. I think Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick are all starts for me this week. Uh, oh, yeah. Robert Woods or Bobby Trees uh, this weekend against <laughs> Arizona.
1: <laughs> Who calls him Bobby Trees? Is that There's you? There's a bunch
0: of fantasy people <laughs> I that call him Bobby never, Trees.
1: I have never heard that. That's awesome. <laughs> Bobby Trees. We know Cooper Cup is the number one wide receiver right in LA. So we're really talking about a wide receiver too in Robert Woods. Is this the week he kind of breaks out? Man, I don't know. He's been very, very quiet and you really expect more out of him. But uh, Matt Stafford has really, really liked him some Cooper Cup this year. So until I see it, I'm not really there. That being said, I do think that this is going to be the highest scoring game of the week. So I guess I kind of talked myself into it. Yeah, if you got Robert Woods, I would start him just because the opportunity for touchdowns is there.
0: If Robert Woods doesn't do it this week, I don't know when he's going to do it. It's as simple as that. You start him because you're hoping for exactly what you said, points in a point scoring game. But good God, if he doesn't score this week, it's panic time. Let's go to Mike Davis and Cordarell Patterson. I, I, I guess that's the new pronunciation we decided on this week, like Travis Kells.
1: Wait, is that serious? Apparently. <laughs> oh, and um, Atlanta
0: is playing the Washington football team. Yeah, at I see. home going, I up
1: ag- going up against that nasty, nasty um, front uh, that the Washington football team has. Uh, I'm going to go with, if you have better options, I would take them. These guys aren't really starts for me, but um, Patterson, I'm not even going to attempt the first name. So his name is just Patterson. Now to me, Um, Patterson is leading the team in rush yards. And I think um, fantasy points maybe too. I think he might have more than Calvin Ridley.
0: Uh, I believe he is so far and definitely more than Kyle Pitts. (laughs) Sorry. Ed. No, I think this is a game that's the get right because the Washington football team's defense has been awful, like historically bad through three games. They couldn't stop a nosebleed right now. I think you start both of them because both of them actually have been doing okay. I think Mike Davis is averaging double digit points, despite, you know, he's not flashy or elite production, but he's getting you some value. They can both probably be started in a flex option position. And I think this is the get right game for Kelvin Ridley as well. I, I actually expect this to be a high scoring game. Oddly enough, uh, Rondale Moore, AJ green or Christian Kirk against the Rams.
1: Man, that's tough. Um,
0: well, we talked about it on Monday. Yeah. You, you kind of are throwing a little bit of a dart. You're probably taking one of these guys. If you expect Nuke to be right.
1: Right, exactly, and you kind of expect Nuke to be right this week. I think Christian Kirk and A.J. Green, I think they had their weeks last week, so this week I'm going to go Rondell Moore, put it on the board.
0: I'm going to go with Rondell Moore as well, but I think it's because of the style of defense that they like to play, a lot of zone, so you're going to have to go underneath the coverage that really bodes well to a guy that makes a lot of his hay by sitting down underneath or running drag routes. Give me Rondell Moore in this game. Maybe it's a sneaky Christian Kirk game, but I would guess that uh, that that would be the guy for me. Miles Sanders, uh, the Eagles are playing the Chiefs.
1: Miles Sanders, um, I think this is a Miles Sanders game. I think this is a Miles Sanders matchup. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs have been god awful against running backs so far again this year. Got Miles Sanders, put him in your lineup.
0: Absolutely. 100% agreed. Don't need to add anything to that. Tony Pollard against the Carolina Panthers.
1: Um, Tony Pollard. I think he's someone that you absolutely consider starting each and every week. I think they have been really working to get him the ball and he's been productive. I think he's, I think I read something along the lines of he has gained so far the most first downs on all of his touches in the entire league. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go with Tony Pollard. Just start him.
0: Honestly, Watching that Monday night game, and I know Zeke got two touchdowns. He had the bigger day, but Pollard looked like the more explosive player whenever he got the ball. He was ripping off chunks, you know, 11, 12 yards of play. And I think right now he has gotten 70% of the backfield targets so far. So in a game that could be a little bit higher scoring, because I actually see a lot of high scoring games this weekend so far. Uh, this might be a sneaky one where he gets a lot of play, gets a lot through the air, and it might be both a Zeke and Tony Pollard game. It might be a credible flex play and especially a sneaky DFS play if you need somebody that's not necessarily going to be highly valued.
1: We're talking to you, Derek. So either use him or lose him.
0: Oh, i love to take him back. If you want to <laughs> give him to me, I'll, I'll gladly take him back. Jalen Waddle against
1: the Colts. Man, I don't know. Um, I'm just, nothing about the Dolphins offense so far has impressed me, even with this rookie. I know a lot of people have been talking about, even, you know, Tua's been hurt, and I just don't think he's as good as advertised either. So I'm going to go sit until I see um, something different.
0: For me, unless it's a PPR value, I just don't see it. He got a ton of catches, but they were very short last week. He got a ton of targets from Jacoby B. Brissett, but again, until such point as, you're going to be able to get to a back where the rest of that offensive line is going to hold up, make him get the more intermediate routes that are going to get him more yards, or you can even take the deep shots with him. I think he's a good wide receiver, but I just don't think that you're going to have enough value on the yardage there. If it's anything less than a full PPR point per reception right now, Uh, Tyson Williams against the Denver Broncos.
1: You know, Tyson, he had the perfect matchup last week against the Lions, and he did absolutely nothing with it. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of up and down weeks with him, especially now that Latavius Murray is getting more acclimated with the offense. Devontae Freeman is getting more acclimated with the offense. Honestly, for me, and I am a Tyson uh, Williams owner, I think as the year goes on, it's just going to get a little bit more and more confusing. He's not this year James Robinson, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I'd say sit as well. This isn't a great matchup, and it seems like he might have fallen down the depth chart uh, after last week when he had a more favorable matchup. I agree with you 100%. Underrated studs of the week. My underrated quarterback of the week is Jalen Hurts. He's currently going at number 11 in the projections I saw on Yahoo. He's playing Kansas City. They do not or they allow a ton of points to quarterbacks and rushing quarterbacks, as we saw against Lamar Jackson two weeks ago. Give me Jalen Hurts against the Chiefs. Who is your underrated quarterback?
1: I'm going to go Joe Burrow against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The The Jacksonville team is a mess, a hot mess on offense and on defense. The Bengals have been a very, very surprisingly good and very, very surprisingly scary offense as well when they're going. Um, So I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to have pretty decent weeks.
0: All right. My underrated running back of the week is Jonathan Taylor against Miami. I said it before. I think that the Colts are going to have to run the football against that Miami defense in order to have a chance. And I think that they'll run it successfully, uh, much in the same way that Peyton Barber ripped up the Miami Dolphins last week in Las Vegas. I expect Jonathan Taylor to have a good game against Miami. Give me Jonathan Taylor. Who is your underrated running back of the week?
1: My underrated running back is Chris Carson going up against the San Francisco defense. that gives up the six most points to um, running back so far this year. Uh, they gave up 21 points to Jamal Williams and 23 to uh, DeAndre Swift, um, 16 to Aaron Jones. So, pretty decently big names and I think Chris Carson is a pretty decently big name as well. So if you're a Chris Carson owner, I don't really know any, but if you are one, I'd be very happy at the matchup going up this weekend.
0: All right. My underrated wide receiver of the weekend. I'm not sure why he's outside of the top 10 in projections unless it's just how poor his first three weeks have gone. But for me, it's the get right game for Calvin Ridley against that terrible Washington defense. Give me Calvin Ridley all day and twice on this Sunday. Who
1: is your underrated wide receiver this week? I don't understand why he is still going outside the top 10. I do not get it. Mike Williams, he's had one week so far where he hasn't had double-digit targets, and that was last week, and he had nine targets. But he had the most points that he's had all year long. You know, He's had 12 targets week one, 10 targets week two, nine targets week three. Um, Yeah, maybe the targets are going down, but the production is going up. I'm going Mike Williams um, this week against, uh, the Raiders,
0: my underrated tight end of the week. I don't know why he's going outside of the top 10, but it must be because they think he's injured or something, but how does Rob Gronkowski not catch at least one touchdown from Tom Brady in Foxborough? You know, they're going to have at least one play, if not two, drawn up for him. It to me is the craziest thing that he's projected even outside the top five, let alone outside of the top 10. This one's easy money for me. Give me Gronk.
1: I'm I'm with you. If I didn't already see that you had him, he he would have been mine as well. I think he has a couple of touchdowns this week, and I think they're going to be some big ass spikes at the end of them. Oh, yeah. uh, for me, for me, I'm going to go with Bobby Tanyan against Pittsburgh. I think that Green Bay scores plenty of times against the Steelers this weekend, and I think that he is just going to be a recipient of a touchdown. But we know with Bobby, it's kind of touchdown or 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 not, and I think he gets one.
0: I actually think this might be more of a defensive battle than people are expecting, because I think Pittsburgh, even though it seems like TJ Watt might not be back for this game, that they got embarrassed a little bit last week. I would guess that Pittsburgh holds the game a little bit closer, keeps it within the spread, but that doesn't mean that I'm still not picking Green Bay's defense who actually played pretty well, save for the final drive against San Francisco to actually put on a good show. They got some good offensive line push. They played well with the front seven, despite their, Primary middle linebacker or inside linebacker um, not playing, and he may not be available with inside the concussion protocol this week. For my defensive stream of the week, I'm going Green Bay against Pittsburgh.
1: Uh, for mine, this I'm going to go with Tampa Bay against New England. I think the Tampa Bay defense knows exactly what they are going to New England for, and what exactly they're going to New England to do. They're going to follow their leader. They're going to follow Gronk as well. And I think they're going to make it very, very tough for Mac Jones this weekend. Um, So I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay defense.
0: Absolutely. Agree wholeheartedly. I think Tampa just absolutely uh, demolished the shit out of New England. Uh, Long shots of the week. My first of the week is Debo Samuel against Seattle. I'm really not sure why he's outside of the top 25. He's getting all the targets. He's getting extra work in the ground game. You know that San Francisco is going to want to avenge their late loss against Green Bay last week. I know that, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been great so far this season, but give me Debo Samuel against a really beat-up Seattle defense right now.
1: Uh, Me? I am going to take Jamar Chase against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think he continues his touchdown streak. Um, I think him and Joe Burrow – You can tell they've played together before that is a match made in heaven. I think they're going to have a very, very long career and successful career together.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty scary. That connection. He's the only wide receiver with three 30 or excuse me, a 30 plus yard touchdown in each of the first three games so far. Give me Eli Mitchell, if healthy against Seattle as well. Again, Seattle giving up a ton of points to running backs. I think that the 49ers trust Eli Mitchell If he is healthy and he's available, I think he's the guy to play this weekend against the uh, Seahawks in San Francisco. Who is your second long shot of the week?
1: I'm going to go Zach Moss against Houston. Houston's defense is pretty awful against the run. I think Zach Moss takes command of that backfield this weekend.
0: All right, let's get to our over-unders of the week, the spot of the show that you've been waiting for. Uh, Ethan is four and one on the season the only one got he got wrong as I said on last week's show was the Christian McCaffrey one and that was the one he guaranteed so I'm five and five through uh, two weeks so far let's get to the first one over under one excuse me half of a 300 yard passer in the Packers Steelers game on Sunday
1: I'll, I'll take the over I'll take the over there
0: You feel there will at least be one 300-yard passer in that game?
1: Yeah, I think 12 can throw for 300 this weekend.
0: Give me the under on this one. I I don't think either quarterback's going to throw for high yardage in this one. I think that this is going to be controlled by whoever runs the football more, and this is going to be a relatively low-scoring affair, one of the few of this weekend. See, that's Uh,
1: weird to me because I think it's going to be a pretty decently high-scoring game.
0: All right, 70 yards receiving for Brandon Cooks versus the Bills.
1: I'm going to go the over because Brandon cooks is the only one that could catch a football in Houston.
0: <laughs> Unless there's garbage time. I just don't see it against the bills right now. The bills defense has actually been really solid.
1: So I think there's going to be a lot of garbage time.
0: <sighs> it could be.
1: That's where I'm at, man. I think there's going to be a lot of garbage.
0: And I, time. I placed it 70 yards. Cause he's hit hundred yards receiving, I think in all three games so far this season. <sighs> all right. I'll take the over. You talk yeah, me I'm into it, you, man.
1: I'm just saying,
0: uh, it's not going to be half, a close game. One and a half touchdowns for Cooper Cup versus the Cardinals this weekend.
1: Man, he's been he's been on a tear, and he's by far Matthew Stafford's favorite target. I've already talked about how high scoring this game is, but two touchdowns, two touchdowns is a lot. He's got um, five
0: through three weeks.
1: Yeah, I'll take it because I I think this game is going to be a lot of a lot of touchdowns. So yeah, give me the over.
0: This is a hard one.
1: Yeah, I know, uh, man. I, I, two touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns. It is. That's a lot of touchdowns is. in
0: a high-scoring game. I'll take the under, but
1: reluctantly. Okay, just reluctantly. got it. Like,
0: well, I think he'll <laughs> score a touchdown. I just don't think it'll be two. I, hey, I got to play catch up here. I understand. <laughs> 150 yards rushing for Derrick Henry against the Jets.
1: I mean, we talked about it earlier. Um, we do think that it's going to be a Derrick Henry game. Um, so I'm going to go with the over there. I feel pretty confident about that over.
0: Yeah, that's got to be over. There, there's no me, way he's getting less especially, than that with Julio especially and A.J. With, Brown yep, being exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. Especially
1: with both of them out.
0: Yeah, it's going to be over. I'll, I'll take the over on that one as well. .5 touchdown passes from Brady to Gronk and Foxborough. Over. Come on now.
1: That is over. too low. That is too low. I would have put that at one and a half. You want to pretend it's one and a half? You know they're going to have one. That's easy. You know they're going to have one. If Gronk is healthy, they're going to have one. All so right, let's, let's pretend that one it's and one and a half. half. Let's pretend it's one and a half. One and a half. Oh, man, I feel pretty confident that they'll have two. I mean, right? Come on. They're going to at least have a really good chance for two. So I'm going to go with two. He, I'm going to go with two as did, well. Yeah, i was going to take gonna say, the over on. on this
0: one because he caught two touchdowns in both of the first two weeks. So nope. I, I think this is an easy answer even at the one and a half that we pushed it up to so yeah we'll both take the over on that one so to recap I'm taking the under on 0.5 300 yard passers in the Packers Steelers game you're taking the over we both took the over on Brandon Cook's over 70 receiving yards versus the Bills We, or I took the under on Cooper cup versus the Cardinals for one and a half touchdowns. You took the over. We both took the over on 150 yards rushing for Derrick Henry versus the Jets. And we both took the over on 1.5 touchdown passes from Brady to Gronk in Foxborough. Now, if uh, somebody gives a touchdown to Gronk, that isn't Tom Brady, I'll be shocked, but on the off chance that this is the time that Bill Belichick tells them that there's a bounty on Tom Brady, (laughs) you know, we wouldn't be able to meet our quota, but who knows the, the stuff that's coming out about the Patriots and Tom Brady and all that other stuff right now, everybody seems just petulant and petty. So who knows, but uh, any last thoughts uh, going into this week four?
1: No thoughts. Let's get us some football.
0: Thank you to all the listeners and dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We will be back again next week to recap week four, but until then.
1: Until then, be safe, everyone. Good luck this weekend.
0: If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. You can also now follow us on Twitter at DYDownload2020. Find every episode of the show at Dynasty-Download.Captivate.fm. And as always, please follow, rate, and review the show on whichever podcast platform you have so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan It is is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music, our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.